Peter Freestead is one of Sweden's premier musicians and guitarists. Having studied music at several conservatories in Sweden, Peter eventually landed in Los Angeles to study at the Los Angeles Music Academy. There, he studied under Frank Gambale and his guitar staff. But sometimes education will only get you so far. Peter wanted his music in the hands and ears of Bill Champlin. So he borrowed a friend's car, drove to Bill's house, and delivered a cassette tape that contained some of his music. That was the start of Peter's L.A. project, his first album project that was eventually distributed all over Europe and garnered the attention of his peers and fans worldwide. It also catapulted Peter to various projects over the past two decades, his latest being the recently released CWF album that features Champlin and Toto vocalist Joseph Williams. Inside Music Cast is pleased to welcome both Peter Freestead and Bill Champlin. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. Hey, hello. It's great to have you on, and uh, I know Bill's uh, Bill's been with us a couple of times before, but Peter, this is your first time, and uh, you know, you, you guys, uh, you, you're on the heels of a, a very successful 2012 Scandinavian tour and uh, just a killer live concert DVD, so, and uh, and you're at it again with a, a wonderful new second release, and uh, I could just say you're on a roll. Things are sounding great on your yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I, I, I just want to say that I'm very honored to be be on the show for the first time here and uh, and and the success with the DVD and the new record is amazing it's just yeah. happening yeah well obviously the chemistry between you uh, Peter Bill and Joseph is, is obviously working out fine <laughs> and uh, you know there's a lot as you know there's a lot of buzz uh, in the air about this new project the second project and uh, but I'd like to ask you uh, let's just start talking about the recording a little bit what approaches uh, have you kept and what have you changed since uh, you last worked uh, on the first project? What can you tell us as uh, as you approach this new project? Uh, uh, what things kept and what things uh, you know you revived? Well, well, this this record was way different than the last one since this is a studio album and the, and the, mm-hmm. the DVD was a live DVD, so right. so that was much more like going in mixing a concert and yeah. and went by pretty fast, you know. Uh, while this one, we, I think we started this one early January 2012 or something like that. And, and uh, it's been a process making this apostle, you know, putting, putting, putting this record together. Yeah. And, um, and I think we recorded the vocals on my demos and on Bill's demos uh, very early on. And then, then I took all of the material to, to Sweden and, and kept uh, tweaking it. For, for a while there and, and uh, adding mm-hmm. drums and, and stuff like that, real drums and, and uh, other guys. Peter, you got to mention that uh, you got some really great mu- Swedish musicians on, uh, on the rhythm section and a lot of the parts, yeah. horns, like that. So you, you got some great guys on no there. Doubt, they all yeah. play great. Yeah, I should mention Perlinval. He's he's like yeah. uh, the, the, the groove guy on the, the drummer on the record. He's Amazing. Played with Abba when he was 17, and uh, he's been on everything in Sweden, you know, so he's, he's fantastic. And, and that, there are some horn players that, that even played live with me and Bill last time we did fashion, you know, in Sweden. And, and there are some, some other guys, like Ingmar Oberg did a lot of production work that, with me that was really awesome. So, so it's, it's been a, a lot of collaborations that, that's been working out very yeah. well. We're, we're going to get uh, – we'll actually talk about those guys in just a little bit as we go deeper into the, into the chat. But, but tell us also about uh, – you, you did get uh, to work a little bit with uh, Steve Procaro and Randy Goodrum on this album oh, yeah. too. You guys go way back. And Bill, uh, you know, you guys know these guys like brothers. And, uh, and uh, you know, how did the, that connection come together? And you knew each other. So how did you ask them to get involved? 
I'm going to take a little bit of this with Randy. Uh, Randy had written some different things with Peter on on former projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the one? Uh, what was the tune I sang in Fashing that you guys wrote together? Uh, uh, Aria. No, no, not Aria, but but the oh uh, Cheyenne. Uh, Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, Peter and Randy have been writing together for a long time. What was really funny is that I was over in Sweden for something else. And I was running into Peter singing some demos, I think on Aria and some other things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when, when we were just like ch- testing out the songs and he said, let's go to lunch. So I went to lunch and there was Randy. At the time, <laughs> I was living in Nashville, <laughs> about four miles from Randy's house. So Randy and I put together a writing date <laughs> for four miles away in Nashville. But we put together the date in Stockholm, Sweden That's to amazing. go write. And we actually came up with Evermore, which is a... Uh, just a beautiful song. It's, it is you know, gorgeous. Randy, you know, I mean, I brought him the chorus, then we got into the verses, got deep into the progression and, and using really nice substitutions. He's such a great musician. I'd never worked with Randy before, and I was just absolutely knocked. I was, I was going, I see why Peter writes with you whenever he can. I mean, he's just, he's, he's, uh, Randy Goodrum is as talented and oh, as yeah. artistic as anybody I've ever worked with. He's, yeah. a, he's a bad, bad boy all the way. <laughs> okay, Peter, I'm, I'll yeah. shut up. <laughs> well, I totally agree with all that you said there. I, I would say that, uh, you know, Randy has some of the most fantastic way to put words together in a lyric, you know, that, that uh, uh, so, so, so when I had a song like Aria, I, I, I just wanted Randy to, to write the lyric for that one. And, and uh, it, it seems like I, I made the right choice there, uh, choosing, choosing uh, him for, for the lyric. And, and uh, it, I would say that that you know uh, between working with Joseph and Bill and, and and having Randy as a lyricist there, it's been a fantastic collaboration all in all. I would say. Yeah, Randy's been on uh, our show before, and I tell you, he he just goes so deep. Everything that he does t- is turns turns to gold. It does, and you know what we really love about this new new project is. Um, it's uh, the blending of and the transfers of the lead vocals of yours, Bill, and, and Joseph's. Uh, they, they really come out beautiful. You guys are, are so good at either, you know, uh, you know, this, you could do – you could – your vocals could stand alone, obviously, uh, on your own gigs. But you unselfishly share the tracks. And there's so much of uh, – that become of this collaboration – so my question is this, Bill, you know, how, how did you feel your way through who sings what? And, and uh, maybe you can talk to us about how you shared the actual vocals, which are sometimes doubled within a, within a song. Well, Joe and I have done uh, f- uh, thousands of dates together. I'm, I'm not saying thousands. It just seems like it. It's yeah. just one day, <laughs> like a thousand days. But, uh, you know, I mean, we did this uh, years ago. We did an acapella album with, uh, we had Jason Sheff and Bobby Kimball on this record. I think it was... Uh, uh, what did we call ourselves? I can't even remember what it was. West Coast All-Stars. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a Japanese release, and it was really well-received in Japan. And and what we kind of, we realized, you know, I realized that, you know, there were guys that just say, here's your notes, sing it. And then there's Joseph and there's me. And the two of us are, uh, Joe is so good at arranging. He's got such a great arrangement sense. And I think I'm kind of in the same ball game. I lean a little more towards the R&B and jazz. And he leans a little more toward the uh, to the real straight ahead, uh, uh, full like Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. Beach yeah. Boys kind of I mean, he really understands what that's about and how to put it in 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 place. And we ended up having a total ball working on uh, on the acapella album. That's why when we did this album together, I just said to Peter, I says, 
let me and Joe do one of these. And and mm. we came up yeah. and I, I said, let me find the right song to do it. And I, and I listened to Will had a tune right after 9-11 that he that he's wanted me to write with him, which I did. And it was called Rivers of Fear. And he did it with a couple of acoustic guitars, just stacked them himself. He's also a great guitarist. And uh, and he just did it as a as a regular song. And then I looked at it and said, man, this might be one we could get away with. Of just, you know, update it, bring it up up to snuffs and, and, and pull one of those. Sure. The drums on that track are basically Joe pretty much doing the drums with his mouth, you know. And, okay. You know, yeah. you know, hitting himself with his fist in the chest to get the bass drum to have some, you know, mm -hmm. low stuff. Yeah. Hi-hat. That's kind of sounds for uh, for snare drums. There might be some snaps. It's the only thing that wasn't vocal on the whole song. So Joe and I have always uh, have always had we've had no problem passing the ball back and forth in terms yeah. of arrangement. So all we had to do is the same thing with leads. That's neat. And Peter had a had a good. He said, "I hear this one for Bill. I hear this one for Joe." And and you know he's, you know, and occasionally I'd say, "Well, you're wrong." <laughs> 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 well, okay. <laughs> and then I took it home and changed everything in Sweden anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is the producer, and the thing that the thing about Peter that that really always knocks me out is, I mean, you know, I mean, it was just kind of a fluke that I ran into him in the first place. He called me, and says, "Hey." Want to, you want to write a song? I said, sure, come on over. So he brings me a track. I write the song. He says, well, we're cutting the, we're, you know, we'll cut the vocal next week at a, such and such a studio. I walk in and there's the band. And the band's like Jimmy Haslip and Russ Ferrante and, and uh, Jeff Richman. And, uh, and I always forget the drummer's name, but he's really great. And, uh, and, and there was an ISO booth with a mic in it. He says, well, sing it. And I was going, with the band? He said, yes. Yeah. Wow, that's novel. And it was, it was really kind of, you know, wow, that's, that's what, a, what a, hey, Frank Sinatra, hey, you. And, uh, and it was like, uh, it, it was like such a gas. And, and that kind of really opened the door. I said, man, I'm going to work with this guy anytime I can. So, uh, and his records always sound fat and big and, and well mixed and, and really defined. It's, and it really makes a difference. Well, you brought up a second ago uh, that little comment about, you know, you'd sing something and Joseph might say, hey, you're wrong. And, 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 and uh, you know, I was thinking about the, the whole chemistry uh, and the background of where you guys come from. You know, Joseph, you know, having, you know, uh, kind of his main gig being with Toto and Bill, of course, your variety of experiences, you know, with Chicago and, and Airplay, Sons of Champlin and, and so many others. And, of course, Peter has such a presence in Scandinavia and, I, and, and all of his own projects. And I just wondered – when you guys get together to do this, are you always sort of on the same page? Is there any, is there, are there any, ever any discrepancies, you know, within what you're writing and what you're doing? Uh, how are those collaborations between the three of you? Well, most of, I mean, vocal, a lot of times Peter's got a song already done and yeah. Joseph and I just go to work the way we go to work. Okay. He said, well, let's do this and we can stack this and you do it. Let's do an octave thing here. We got our tricks. You know, we, we have stuff that we've done and we've, and we worked together so much that we yeah. just went ahead and did it. When we did most of the vocals on this record, it was in my garage at my other, my old house in Sherman Oaks. <laughs> and I had, uh, you know, luck. I said, we need an engineer. So we brought Kenji Nakai in who's one of the best, oh, yeah. really best engineers going on. And he came in, and so he had a good eyeball on it. But 
I mean, it was it was anything but glamorous. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, our our actual producer was my dog Rocky. I mean, let's, let's put it that way. You know? <laughs> uh, if there's any arguments, Rocky would settle them as to who's who, you know who's got the snack for Rocky. You know, what I mean, that's kind of what it came down. <laughs> and when, you know, so we spent like you know maybe three weeks just going in and and working every day, and we just have a ball. I mean, we're all so in in you know we're into life, and we've been in here for a while that we're all so so very easily distracted and for some reason peter is really the guy that kind of puts both me and joe into into focus it's like hey here's the project this is what we're working on yeah and we could be very busy I, going I, out I had buying a something at the grocery I, store and going to hit that. Yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah i i had a couple of songs that, that i thought these would be perfect for for bill and joseph to sing and and so i I brought them, and then then I, when I was in LA, you know, Bill Bill just showed me ever more that he and Randy just had written and and uh, some other songs. So it it kind of turned out like so naturally evolving into a whole record, yeah. uh, and and I think, but I was the one actually pushing everyone to do uh, to do this as I had these songs that I was quite excited about from the beginning, like Carry On and right. Aria songs. So so uh, so I I was actually really happy to to have these amazing singers to to do my my songs there yeah in a way guys it was kind of like well we're just guesting on peter's album which we did for a couple albums in a row and then peter and joe did an album together and peter mm -hmm. finally says hey you know you guys are on all of my records why don't we just call it cwf because we toured together right and <laughs> and we all got along so well so we were like screaming you know and tamron was in there with us and it was just like yeah we got voices we got you know before we went over for the tour in the last round uh, uh, you know, Tamara and Joe and I were in the garage, you know, for about, you know, almost a week, just really locking the vocals down tighter than a drum. He said, no matter what happens, if, if you got your vocals together, you, you gotta, you gotta show. Yeah. And Joe's also good. I mean, both of us are good at singing lead and both of us are very good at singing background. So, and to, to you know, you walk in the studio, you put on a set of cans, it's the same thing. Right. Backgrounds yeah. are a lot of times harder than singing lead. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally do. Yeah. You know, let's talk about the music a little bit. Uh, we know that you guys are very much multi-instrumentalists in your own right. And uh, and we know that you did have some collaborators pair in Johan and Ingmar and, and, and some other people. But how did you split, you know, uh, the musical chores on this recording? Uh, Bill, did you, did you ever play uh, instruments here? Or Peter, how did you split up the musical duties um, if by chance? And also... Did, were you, did you ever get the luxury of tracking together in the same studio ever, or was this all remote? Mostly overdub for vocals, and and I had a, a Hammond C three and a Leslie sitting in my studio. So Peter looked at it and went, "Okay, do that." Yeah. <laughs> so we we threw some organ on some of this stuff. Uh, you know, when you're when you're you know when you're doing albums in California and Stockholm or you know wherever you're working in Sweden. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to everybody get in the studio at the same time. Eventually, you know, it's just budget won't allow that, you know. Yeah. And somebody says, what budget? <laughs> <laughs> Does the terms, by the seat of your pants, strike a familiar <laughs> note to everybody in the building, you know. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Bill, you and Joseph uh, create some really nice, you know, harmonies throughout this whole project on, for instance, like on Still Around, uh, which is a beautiful ballad, Runaway. 
Um, you mentioned Evermore, and and on a lot of the tracks, um, you know, you also double the voices sometimes uh, one octave over the other to add some depth. Um, you know, we also really love how the vocals came to the forefront. Uh, Peter, this is for you. You know, in in regarding your mix and uh, the recording of, of of the, you know, you really brought the the vocals nicely forward. Um, tell us about your intentionality of of doing that and how the recording and uh, was mixed down. Uh, well, actually, w- w- when we mix the record, um, we are always tr- I'm always trying to focus on the vocals to, to bring that up in front because I think that's the that's what makes the song. And of course, the drums need to, it needs to groove as well. That that drums and, and vocals are the main ingredients. But but also on this one. I think when we mastered it, um, it got a little bit. Sometimes a little, the vocals were a little bit too high, mm-hmm. so so we we did a second and a third mastering of this album, you know, uh-huh. to to just adjust every level there, and and um, I think we got it pretty good in the end. But but we had some some uh, arguments about that one. So so uh, not me me and the mastering engineers. So mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, the, the track Aria um, is just a gorgeous tune, and, and don't shoot me for making a comparison, but when I hear that track, it kind of harkens back, to me anyway, to, to like Toto's the seventh one. It, it kind of has that sort of feel, that sort of period to it. And, you know, another thing I really love, Peter, is that acoustic guitar work at the end of the track. And, um, you know, this is a track that, of course, features Steve Picaro, but so tell me a little bit how this track came together. Uh, well, I wrote this kind of a long time back uh, a long time ago it, it was like back in 2008 or 2009 with, uh-huh. with the, another great writer called John John Billy and me wrote it together and and um, the thing we had with it was that it was kind of a, a, a Africa kind of groove to, yeah, to, to right. the whole song mm-hmm. and and um, also maybe maybe when when the drums came on it was more similar to the stop loving you groove actually but right. somewhere in between there and and um and it's very much toto i think and and it has that kind of feel and and when we were kind of producing it up we we said that oh we can't fade this track as we're done with all of the other tracks so uh, Ingmar actually suggested, Peter, why don't you bring up the acoustic guitar there and play something, you know, because yeah. you don't play that much acoustic guitar on the, the rest of the record. So, yeah. so that's, that's how it came up, actually. And uh, that one and Evermore is the only acoustic guitar pl- playing I, I do on the record, actually. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect track to, to include a, an acoustic guitar. It fit really nicely. It was. It was very uh, nice. Thanks. Thanks. You know, and you mentioned Evermore. Bill, you just told us right now that you wrote that with Randy. Um, and you and Bill, uh, uh, you and Joseph do the, the vocals, but it is such a beautiful tune. Uh, the the chord progressions really get me. I mean, it's and I and I listen to this over and over, and I notice that almost at two minutes into the song, I just love the the vocals and the arrangements, the, the chord progressions. I mean, they're just pure you and and Randy all over this. In fact, I even noticed. Almost like a vintage sound, Peter. That it was—it re- it reminds me of the good old whistle patch. It's like a CZ 101, a back <laughs> a long time ago yeah. that Quincy Jones used to use the little whistle. Everything about this was was packaged so beautifully, uh, but especially the the, uh, yeah, the Will Will played a lot of that lot of, on that one. Actually, he put the original thing together. Did he really? Yeah, Will was actually the guy. I think the bass is his. Did you keep the bass from Will, or did you replace? Uh, no, we we kept his his programming and bass and and stuff like that and and uh, then yeah, I, 
the and whistle the thing was, was Jonathan Fritzian. I, I just heard that in my head. It would be so cool with the sign of stone going there on, on that song, you know, uh, yeah. like the R&B, R&B kind of vibe. So Yeah, yeah. it worked out great. Awesome. It was yeah. masterful. And then I added some some acoustics, you know, like like nylon string things that that uh, that felt. And and uh, of course, when 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 Bill sings a song like that, it, it, it to me it's almost like an El Jaro song. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I, yeah. Matter of fact, it's been sitting on Al's desk for four years. <laughs> <laughs> what is that true? Yeah, it, yeah, he he loved the song. He wanted to, but oh. I don't think his record company wanted to do anything but a real jazz record. Okay, know, quote big jazz record. So, and he and he hasn't really gotten around to doing a record anyway. It's been it's been three or four years. Al's just starting to kick in lately, and uh, you know he's just had he had a, I think some some surgery back back surgery. Really? It's just it's just a lot of a lot of distractions. But he's actually back out on the road quite a bit lately, and he's doing well. I, I heard a thing that Tom Saviano had him sing on. I'd done the demo of it and tom had him sing on it and oh man wow. that's why they call him al Giroux. he's awesome <laughs> no doubt that guy's bad to the bone yeah. and always has been he's he's been a guest on our show and not only is he an incredible musician but he's the sweetest guy you'd ever want to know he's so nice by always has been it's just had, you know he's just had a lot of he's had some physical problems i think he's had a, a real bad back situation going on for the last maybe five years so yeah. that's kind of slowed him down a little bit but man it, it hasn't changed he gets on a microphone and good night gracie man he's just <laughs> that's al's row my god yeah, you know? like, yeah no doubt. it's a one of a kind man there's nobody does it quite like he does it well hey guys let's take a break and uh, i want to play a track from the new cwf album that features of course peter bill and toto vocalist joseph williams and this is a track called aria
Well, hey, Peter, a moment ago, you kind of mentioned uh, the, uh, the your rhythm section. You had, like I said, we had Per Lindvall on drums and and uh, Johan Granström, if I'm pronouncing that right, on bass, and Ingmar Oberg on piano and keyboards. And these guys are, are a really talented, tight group. And um, you know, I just I was curious. Tell us a little bit about these guys. I, I know a lot about Pear, but the other two I'm not as familiar with. And, and tell us what they brought to the project, and 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 tell me a little bit about your relationship. How you know these guys? Uh, well, Joan and I have been doing a lot of live gigs together, and I think yeah, Bill Bill worked with Joan also on on last time we played fashion. Joan was playing bass there as well, and and uh, yeah, he's 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 a fantastic bass player, and and he does a lot of. TV stuff in Sweden, you know, like uh, gigs for 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 different TV shows and stuff like sure. that. And yeah, and he's he's a very very you know uh, good reader and good good player, you know, and and everything like that. So he's and he's a, he's a great friend of mine. So so I, I he was the first choice for me to when when we hired a bass guy there. So so uh, so him and Per just locked it together really well there. And Ingmar and I. Kind of worked on the guitars and and, uh, and the pianos together. You know, we we were in his studio doing and in my studio also and doing uh, some stuff there. And, and uh, so 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 we kind of uh, produced it up together a little bit there. Uh, and then I took uh, some of the songs I took uh, to my studio and did, did all of the work here at my place. But um, it, it was a lot of fun working with these guys. You know, that are very talented. It's it's always a, a treat, you know. So that's really cool. And then I also noticed some uh, some other familiar names in the credits, um, you know, such as uh, the amazing Lars Eric Dahl on, on on bass on the track "Carry On." And uh, mm-hmm. actually, the date that we're recording this interview today is uh, 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 Lars's uh, birthday. So happy birthday! It is, yeah, Lars. <laughs> happy Lars. birthday, Lars. <laughs> Lars, happy birthday! Wow. And that's, then not also, a, that's not a birthday. That's an anniversary of his 29th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then uh, some other people on the album: uh, uh, Stefan uh, Gunnarsson on piano and keys on Nightfly, and uh, and Bill. You pretty much had the whole uh, no. fam damily on uh, on your on the. Uh, you had you had timer. And you know, but Rocky was producing. That's right. You know, but but Tamara was on this, and of course, you mentioned your son Will a second ago. So uh, a lot of lot all of, over this man. He wrote wrote half of two of the songs. That's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we actually I'd played uh, 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 Two Hearts at War. Yeah. For Joseph, and he was in tears. He says, "Oh my God, why aren't we cutting this?" I said, "Well, I think we can. I don't think Will wants to use it for anything." So I asked Will and Mark if it was cool with them. Mark Beeson, who's a great songwriter. Uh huh. Will, Will and Mark, I was from Nashville, Will and Mark, when we lived in Nashville, Will and Mark were writing stuff together. Every song was just to die for. Yeah. Awesome, awesome songwriting. And Mark's just got, I mean, check the lyrics on uh, Heart, Two Hearts at War. They're as good as anybody's anywhere. That's a great They're track. They're good a really sweet guy, too. Good musician, good singer. Uh, but uh, uh, Will said, sure, man. So I sent the track over. <laughs> but the track was like it was actually already mixed and somebody had all these buses and all this other stuff going on so i think once you got it to ingmar or whoever you were working with peter i mean you had i'm sure you had to like let's break this down to the to the basic instruments <laughs> but we <laughs> well but that, well on that there's i mean it was just it was just one of will's better songs and we, we went for it yeah it's a great tune i just got chills when i heard you you guys vocals on it too it was just fantastic what jo- joseph and bill did there on the vocal parts and and of course there were there was a whole mix in the the, the session that I got sent to my studio there. So it, we need to we we had to figure out how to get rid of half of the files there. 
<laughs> was a, I didn't know what I don't know what was what, and everything was like automated. It was like you know, hey, this thing's just so. And I know James is <laughs> a guy who makes it, and James is a great mixer. But you know, I mean, it was just like God, all the busing and craziness going out to, to uh, you know, busing out to pieces of gear that none of us have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, Bill, I've got a question. Uh, the Rivers of Fear. Did uh, did Will contribute to that project? That that song. Will came in with a, you know he came in. This was about two weeks after nine eleven. And he mm-hmm. said, "What do you think of this?" And he started, he started playing this thing, and a, and a little bit of it was going on. And I was just, I had just had, uh, you know, I was on the road when that happened, and uh, and and you know, three months before we were hanging out with, we'd done a uh, Chicago had done a uh, a benefit for somebody, and uh, and we had pictures with these guys, and they mm-hmm. gave us all their T-shirts, and we put them in. And then after we got home from that tour, that it was the end of, you know, like about, about a week after 9-11, that tour was over. The summer tour was over. Yeah. And I realized that all the people that we were sitting there taking pictures with were Cantor Fitzgerald. That was the, that was the office that wow. the plane landed in. Wow. And, and you know, we were just, we were, I was just devastated. Because so far, up to that point, I didn't know anybody that it affected. And then all of a sudden, I was going, oh, all these people, it was like these people were working their butts off for this, you know, for City of Hope, I think it was, something yeah. like that. And, uh, you know, they didn't deserve it. Nobody deserved that. That was just baloney. So Will started writing a song, and he says, he says, I, I just need help with this. And he played me the stuff. So I just said, I, I'm jumping in. I'm getting in on this. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, if you listen to the lyrics on that, it's really about 9-11 more than anything else. Interesting. It, it's and beautiful. Then, so I just, and then, and then I went, you know, and it just sat there, and I just just kept saying, "Well, this is a great, great song." Well, what are you going to do with it? He says, ah, "I'm working on something new." So, it, it, and it was just sitting in the playlist. I said, "So, I played it for Joseph, and once he started crying, and we just went, oh, man, this is the one we're going to work on.'" Yeah. So, I started. I put together a little road, you know, added some. I rearranged a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. all those rivers of fear, all of all the beginning things, all those chord changes. So, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of did some rearrangement on it from the level that, the chords that Will had, and. Uh, and then me and Joe just went to work. It took about two days. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you talked a little bit ago, Bill, about, and I don't know if this is in particular the track you were working on, but but this one must have taken uh, some time because uh, in order to get the vocals tight because, like you said, there's there's some inter- interesting chord changes in this one, and it's mm-hmm. just so tight. It's so beautiful. You guys just nailed the vocals. It's it's it, You put a pair of headphones on and listen to this, and it just – you really – I don't know. You feel like you're there. The, the yeah. recording is great. The vocals are just completely surrounding you. It's a beautiful piece. Once I got once I got a little shaker track, you know, just a little, uh, you know, a little shaker, uh-huh. and, a, and a and a real uh, not not real kind of dark Fender Road, so that we had something to play over, right. to sing over. We we cut that in two days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Joe is fast. You yeah. know, if even even on certain things, and there were there were certain points where I went ahead and just you know, if Joe wasn't there, I was doing something else. I stacked them myself at certain spots. Yeah. Like there's a bit between uh, right between the first chorus and the second verse is all I just pretty much did that all myself. Wow, it's beautiful. And, uh, it really is. It's beautiful. You know, and there were other other places where Joe did it all by himself. It's like you know, this would be best if you stack this all yourself. And then Will's in there too. Will sings the bridge and uh, and some fills and stuff on the end. Mm-hmm. It was his song to start with. Originally, his song, as was Hearts at War, that I wanted to make sure that Will was in was involved in it. You know, it's just, yeah. yeah. And he's uh, he's a piece of work. He's the best musician in the building. <laughs> he's, he's without a doubt the most trained. I mean, he's a Berkeley grad. He's full tilt. I mean, you you see the voice and you see a kid singing and all yeah. that's great. But 
that's the tip of the iceberg. With it sure reason. is. Yeah. yeah. I remember several years ago when we talked to you for the first time, Bill, you, you mentioned that. You said, you know, you and I don't know what you were working on at the time, but you and Tamara and, and Will were collaborating on something. Right, and you, yeah. you said, you know, he's the he's the best musician in the house. <laughs> yeah. No question about it. People say, wow, you know, he's, the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. Listen, he, you know. He probably learned more from people that I work with than he ever did from me. You know yeah. what I mean? And <laughs> as far as getting on a piano or even a guitar, for that matter, yeah. he's uh, he plays circles around me. I mean, he's just wow. a really, really adept musician, and uh, it's really great to have. You know, when I need, and also he's a great Pro Tools guy. I mean, he's he's got all his stuff down. It's just ridiculous. He's got all know? the chops. Chops. <laughs> you know, he's got. He's you know like, hey man, you're gonna go on the road? Yeah, yeah. Well, your chop is up. <laughs> get your chop up well, you know uh, and it was it was great to have him involved as was as getting Tamara in there sure. there were a few places like a night yeah. flight on the top end and, and i just went you know at some point we stack you know joe and i can stack as much as we can stack but after a while it just starts to sound the same so throwing another set of pipes in there occasionally just gives it another yeah. color you know what i mean absolutely yeah she, Lord, she did a fantastic work on my that house got singers we there's some singers around there <laughs> there are, sure. Well, hey, guys, let's take another break and uh, let's check out another track from the CWF album. And this is the track Hearts at War from our guest today, Peter Freestet and Bill Champlin on Inside Music Cast. Back to back, worlds apart in this endless fight where nobody's won so far on different sides. Of this battlefield We'll cross the line Will we be Casualties Of our own Friendly fire And we're too hot And warm Can't remember What we're fighting for Separated By nothing more Than a bedroom door Done. And someone 
So, Peter, let's focus on you for a moment. And, uh, you know, I absolutely love that story about um, you had, you know, you just finished college. I think you won some major jazz competition. And, and uh, you know, with all oh, yeah. that confidence, you know, you borrowed your dad's or a friend's car, I guess, and you drove to, to Bill's house and handed him your demo cassette. And I, I have to ask, you know, just knowing those, those <laughs> you know, small pieces of that puzzle, did Bill even know you were coming or was this completely unexpected? You just walked up. What, what was the story behind that? I, I think I had an email address to, to Bill that, that I used and, and sent him like, hey, I'm writing songs and I'm from Sweden and I, I have a cassette tape that I'm bringing to your house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, for some reason he let me in, you know, I don't know why, but, but uh, anyway, it, it, I showed him some tracks and, and um, I think it, it was kind of helpful that Andreas Carlson has been there, had been there a couple of weeks earlier or something like that working a lot with Bill and, and uh, writing songs and stuff. But uh, so, so Swedes were welcome in, in Bill's house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so, so, so um, I was actually doing my first ever recording in the studio and, and I had this fantastic teacher uh, luxury of having the Jello Yaks playing with me there. And, and I just asked Bill, would you, would you be interested in doing something with us? And and. That, that's how it happened, actually. That's cool. <laughs> and it was amazing. So when you showed up on Bill's doorstep, he wasn't standing there in his robe and a shotgun saying, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my lawn. <laughs> <Mom>. <laughs> you kids. <laughs> you crazy kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, I wasn't quite at the age where the four, those four words define my life, and those four <laughs> words being, Get off my lawn. <laughs> 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 hey, Bill, Bill, talking about that demo, uh, what was your first impression when you heard that demo? Well, I mean, it was it was enough of a demo to write, and I went, hey, this is kind of cool. I don't even remember what the song was, and I, so, I, so I needed to... Rise was the song, I think. Yeah, and I needed lyrics for it, so I mean, I, I just sort of sat down, and I figured we'd, we'd go in and cut the vocal, uh, like, the next Wednesday. So I kind of had to do it quick, so I knocked it off. We got in, and we knocked off the, you know, we did the song, and then I, you know, then, and then... Uh, Actually, the drummer was kind of almost producing the session. I said, well, let me stack some backgrounds. So the band took a break while I stacked up some backgrounds on the song. And then they said, and then I said, well, I guess I'm done, man. It's nice to hang with you. I mean, I'm, my, my favorite piano player in the world was there, Russ Ferrante. He's, man, he's mm-hmm. such a sweetie pie. And I'd played some, I'd done some sessions with Jimmy before. And, uh, and, and uh, Mark was, you know, Mark was good. You know, I mean, it was all, it was all swinging. 
uh, or Jeff, I'm sorry, Jeff Richmond. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, I mean, at some point in the game, I was about ready to leave, and Peter says, "Hey, you want to you want to write this other one that we're cutting?" And I listened to this. I think it was the shuffle. What what was the song? Yeah, Peter, it was um, hmm. real shuffle of some kind. Time to play. Yeah, was the name of the but, song. But then yeah. I see, he it didn't said, have a name when you, when you when we recorded it. <laughs> we're in there. Starting, they were just starting to do it, and I just went. Yeah, I'll write it. You know, so I figured, well, I'd come in and overdub it another time. I listened to him playing down the track. I just, just didn't leave for a while. And I just pulled out a, a, a sheet of paper and wrote the lyrics on the spot. I said, guys, let's just cut it. About <laughs> 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 the time it takes to play the song, you know what I mean? It was one of those. Yeah. I, 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 I like try to be a little more prepared these days when I, when I do a record, you know. <laughs> Just yeah. a little. Well, it's cool. I remember they were trying to talk into playing a solo on it, and you were like, "I think they had a pod or something like that." And you were like, "Well, no, nah, I don't want to really." And and uh, Jeff was, was saying, shy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> "It was great." <laughs> and you threw on a pretty cool solo on something. Everybody was digging it. it, was, it was, I, that was a mission for me. I love that. That was such a gas. <laughs> well, you know, these songs that you know you, you initially wrote together I, uh, were these the were these the ones that ultimately became the material for the uh, L.A. project back in 2002. Do I have that right? Yes, correct. That, that okay. was the first that eventually became an album, like, yeah. like a couple of years later. And then it went really well, you know, in Sweden, and, and BMG uh, picked it up and, and released it all over Europe. So, so that was fantastic, yeah. actually, how, how that record took a, a long journey after, after we recorded it, a long, long time after that. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, yeah, it, it was... The, the very first recordings I ever did, did in a studio, and, uh, and I was kind of uh, young and, and uh, you know, having a, a strong uh, belief in what I did, and, and, and I'm really happy for that now that I did it like that, because it opened a lot of doors for me that, that I, yeah, so, so, so these days I'm, I'm very thankful for, for whatever went on with that first recording. Yeah, sure. Hey, so Peter, for those uh, in our audience who aren't quite as familiar with you as we are uh, uh, and your music, so tell us a little bit about your path to music, you know, your your influences and the people or music that you admired, you know, as uh, as you started your, your, your career, made your way towards a career. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a long journey, actually. I, I studied a lot of jazz in Sweden, you know, a lot, lot of uh, old, older kind of music, you know, like uh, I, I listened to Wes Montgomery and, and George Benson and those kind of players. And then I, uh, when I came to LA, I, I started to listen back to, to my favorite players from my youth, you know, like uh, Larry Carlton and Steve Lukather and, and uh, guys like that. And, and they are still my favorite players, actually. I, I, I really enjoy listening to these guys. Mm -hmm. And and for... for uh, for music in general, I, I'm, I think I have a wide range of, of, of music I like, but um, still still to these days, you know, the, what you listen to when you're a teenager, like 14, 15 years old, yeah. you, you keep listening to that all your whole life, I think. And, and uh, Toto was a big influence of me uh, during that period. And, and also, I was listening to Pages and, and all those great bands, you know, from L.A. that, that were happening. Sure. So, so I, I, I think, uh, and all the fusion stuff, you know, I, I love the fusion things, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, I, I dug the Chikoria stuff and, and uh, things like that. So, so it was a treat to have sit down one on one with Frank Gumball, you know, on at the uh, Lama there and have him teaching you stuff like that. That was really cool. Sure. 
Well, that leads right into my next question, because I know that you studied music at, you know, various music conservatories in Sweden, but, mm-hmm. but you, like you said, you eventually landed in, uh, in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles uh, Music Academy, Lama, and studied with Frank Gambale and, and, and guys like Bill Fowler. And, and tell us about how these guys, you know, what did you take away from the time that you spent with those guys? Is that easy to pinpoint? I, w- I would say that uh, when I came there, I was quite a jazz guitar player you know and I, I was really into the older kind of jazz music you know with the clean dark sound on on the 335 guitar that i played mm-hmm, during yeah. that period but spending a, a year or two in la you know makes you want to get into this uh, scene with with the big pedal boards and and sounds and stuff like that so i, I learned a lot about getting the sound together and i learned a lot about getting the 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 more what contemporary approach to 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 guitar playing again i i just get got back to that and i think ever since then i I became more and more into playing contemporary music again i I think uh, i left the jazz in la somewhere (laughs) so so uh, yeah that that that's that's really uh, i i'm i made it quite the turn there in musically when when i stayed in la i think yeah yeah you know um Peter, we've interviewed a lot, several, actually, Scandinavian musicians, Uli Baroda, uh, mm-hmm. State Cows, um, you know, Andreas Aleman and Work of Art. And these guys, they've all captured that special, you know, the West Coast vibe. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure Bill's aware, uh, well aware of that infectious, you know, disease called West Coast that <laughs> Scandinavians got. But, 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 but you're no exception, Peter. And so tell me how your love for this genre you know, developed and how important it was for your music to have this kind of a sound? Well, as I said earlier, it, it's really something that I dug really much when I was uh, a teenager, like 14, yeah. 15 years old. And, and I, it really got stuck uh, because, because that, that was, I started to even collect records like that. I think Mikkel Engstrom can tell you about this guy as well. There's a guy in Sweden who had auctions, you know, where you could buy like Bill Champlin's first record for 200 bucks, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and, and I started to, to, to listen to his, you know, uh, all the all the advices he had in his catalog there. And, and yeah. um, so that that was kind of how I became a, a, a really, uh, I really appreciated that, appreciated that kind of music for yeah. a long time. And, sure. and uh, I still I still love it. It's, it's uh, very close to my heart. Well, you know, in, in regard to that West Coast sound, you know, how particular are you, you know, when it comes to instrumentation and, and gear, not only for yourself, but the other musicians you bring to uh, your projects? Is, is that a concern of yours or is it just kind of naturally happen? Mm, I think that I, I'm, I'm not that, you know, fundamental about it. Uh-huh. Like, like some guys, you know, that yeah. it, has to, it has to sound like those kind of records, you know, and it mm-hmm. can't be, be too modern. I, I think that good music is good music, no matter if it's jazz or if it's heavy metal or whatever, you know, good music is always good music. And yeah. I really hope that, that, it, that our record and, and the, uh, the records that I make are, are a melting pot of different kind of musics, you know, that, that, yeah. that, that, or genres, you know, that, that, that I love. So mm-hmm. I personally get a little bored with, with just listening to one kind of music, one, one style, you know, and, and uh, for that reason, I, I really think that, that uh, 
Uh, I, I love records when there's a lot of different kind of styles on, on the same record, you know. Yeah. You know, we really wish that Joseph could have been, uh, you know, joined in on, on the interview. Yeah. Um, but he's currently out with Toto right now. Um, so, Peter, tell me about your relationship with Joseph, such as how you met and uh, and when did you meet for the first time and how long did it take before you guys really uh, got that incredible chemistry that you guys now have? Well, we met at, at Bill's house for first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. At, at right. uh, the, the recording for, for a song that ended up on, on my first record. Okay. Um, and... I think Bill called Joseph to 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 ask if if he could sing on it, and and Joseph says that it's probably because Bill didn't want to sing it, you know. So, so I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so, so so we 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 kept uh, in touch for 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 a couple of years, and then um, Joe was also on the second album uh, that I did, and and. Uh, after that, I visited his house, you know, in, in L.A., like uh, in 2008 or nine or something. And uh, after that, we started to, to do, doing live shows in Scandinavia every year. Uh, and we've been doing that for, for five or six years now. And, and um, of course, he's, he's busy with Toto now. And, and yeah. uh, uh, he's, he's doing really great with the fantastic job with the new record they did and, and he's singing better uh, and then yeah and i i think he's singing fantastic you know so, yeah. so it's uh, it's just just i'm just, i'm just happy for 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 joe's uh, career there it's, it's going so yeah. good for it him is. right now yeah. he does you're right he does he sounds better than ever right now he he's, does he's just fantastic yeah. <laughs> yeah with joseph if only he had a sense of humor <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty happy that That's Joe is the funniest guy on the earth. <laughs> when you get Bill and Joe together, you know you don't get a decent word out of them. <laughs> what, what, what could be worse is if you throw Luke in there too. Yeah, yeah. Sick city. Sick city. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Bill. Um, you know, I, I saw a photo of on Facebook last night uh, that Tamara had posted with you, uh, with Tamara, of course, and with, with Kelly uh, Kagi of Night Ranger, and, and of course your dog Rocky. And I, I just wondered what you're working on with Kelly. Is that can you talk about it or? So, you know, Kelly's a, a, a mutual friend. Tucker Williamson said, "Hey, maybe you should you and Kelly." You know, I mean, we, we, Tucker was talking about what he what the plans were for Kelly. Uh-huh. And uh, and and I said, you know, he's one of my favorite singers. We worked together on uh, one song with David Foster, "Secret of My Success" uh, movie. Oh yeah, was, yeah. Cool. And I, they, you know, David would bring, regularly bring me in as a ringer with some of the bands that he was working with. Uh-huh. He had me in. He had me in singing with the Tubes. It was funny. He says, "Hey, hey, guys, I want to bring in a you know a local guy to, to sing with you guys in the tubes." Ah, we don't want some jingle, slick ass jingle singer. He says, "How about Bill Champlin?" The tubes guy said, "Oh, he's one of us. Yeah, cool." <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I was probably the slickest singer in town, but neither they didn't have to know that. You know, oh, he's a Bay Area guy. Sure, let's bring him on in. He had a ball doing it. So I mean, he brought me in with with uh, with Night Ranger for that one song on the on the record, and and it was like singing with Kelly, and then and then Kelly and I have a really good mutual friend, Bruce Geich. Yeah, we and, know Bruce. Uh, and I know Bruce was talking about well, Kelly's looking to do some stuff, and I and I finally just told Tucker, I says, well, find out Kelly. You know, I think the best thing that could happen is for Kelly to just 
you know, pop down here, you know, when he gets a, when he gets a minute, just have him come over and stay here for three days. And we'll just stand, sit in front of the machine and come up with some stuff. So I sent him some stuff that I thought he'd sing, he'd sound good on. Uh And then actually two, three days ago, we were just sitting there having coffee and, uh, and, and he played me this, what Bruce likes to call a kernel, a little thing of just a, uh, a Bruce on a guitar and Kelly singing, uh, singing uh, melodies with just a doo-doo da-da thing. And Tamara, Tamara was jumping on it. Tamara's a major league writer. She just said, oh, we can do this. We'll knock this up. So we wrote the piece and just did it. And I, and I just brought a copy in here and played it for the people here that, in the studio. And everybody went, oh, my God, this is great. So we're just working on some material for Kelly. He'll probably get an album out of it at some point in the game. Cool. Uh, I, th- I think he did a couple of solo albums on Frontiers. But I don't think I think he wants to not necessarily do the kind of record that, that, that Night Ranger would do. You know, he wants yeah. to come up with... With a little, and he's a really good singer. Kelly is a is a world class lead singer. I mean, he's great. So, and he's a gas. We, we've, we're good friends. So, uh, it just you know, I mean, a friend of mine actually in this building that I'm sitting in right now told me years ago says the best records are made by a few good people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very it's true. true. They're enjoying what they're doing and having fun with it. And you know, they said the first thing that goes to tape is who you are and how you feel. Then you have time and intonation. But what's really hitting tape first is how you feel. That's what I love about working with Peter. It's what I love about working with all the stuff I'm doing is we're we're putting stuff on tape that tries to touch people. Yeah. Rather than tries to impress people with how damn perfect we are. Yeah, right, you know right, exactly. I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to recut it if it's out of tune. I'm going to mm-hmm. recut it if it's out of tune. But I'm not going to tune it very much. You yeah. know, I'm not a real auto-tune fan, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking about the the joy and, and the happiness of of what you're involved in right now, we have a question, Bill, from Brian Pearson, who's our Chicago area correspondent, and he he asked a question to you, and this is for you, and he's he's curious. He says, you know, Bill, tell us your thoughts about life after Chicago through social media and a wide variety of projects that you've been involved in, of course, with uh, with Peter also and and other things. It's pretty easy to tell that you you seem really happy right now and you're enjoying what you're doing. With with your music is this a is this a fair assessment i think it's probably right yeah you know i mean there's two there's two ways of walking in a studio and you know you can walk into a studio and everybody's going we gotta have a hit we gotta have a hit yeah. we gotta have a hit and then there's and and that's very rarely a hit you oh and then you walk into the studio and everybody's hey man how's it going what's up hey wow how's everything happening listen to this music this is knocking me out i mean you know play it loud we're, we're grooving on it and I didn't get that in the last gig I had, and I and I do now. And then right there is probably the most simple way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well said. You know? Thank you. And you know, I don't want to go in there and stand at attention until it's my turn to go to the microphone. It's just not the way. You know, I'm sorry. It's just I'm just not. You know, I don't I don't dig working like that. This yeah. is you know. I mean, this is not. Uh, you know, music is supposed to be totally joyful, and if it isn't, I don't want to be around it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I ran, I mean, I've, you know, financially, I'm in no kind of shape like I was when I was with that band. But within two weeks of being out of that band, I was way happier. Yeah. I was broker, but I was way happier. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and that's really the, the thing. You know, I mean, it was, I, I hung on for the money for a long, long time. And finally, they've, they've, you know, they became kind of aware 
that, uh, that, that hey, there's somebody on the stage that doesn't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we parted ways in that, in that way, you know, and it wasn't really fun, but it caught me by surprise. It caught everybody by surprise, but I just kind of, within two weeks, I was sleeping like a baby and I was like, wow, this is a lot happier. I wasn't shaken. I mean, I, I thought I was for the last maybe 10 years, I was in that five, at least five years I was in that band. I thought I was hiding Parkinson's. I was shit. My hands were shaking the whole time I was there. And it was just, I was in the wrong place. Like the old Carlos Castaneda books. I wasn't in the right place on the porch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I am now, I mean, I work with my wife all the time and people go, Oh wow. Yeah. Right. Everybody does that. No, she mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. She is <laughs> absolutely a monstrous songwriter. She yeah. writes the, you know, if you want a, a lyric that makes it seem like there's fog in the room, she, you go to Tamara and, and suddenly there's fog in the room or yeah. and, I mean, she's just such a great songwriter and mm-hmm. one butt-kicking singer. So, I mean, come on. And, I, you know, uh, we were, you know, by the time I was done with Chicago, we'd been married around 30 years. Uh, and, and we probably spent 15 of it together because I was on the road so much. I mean, those guys are on the They never get off the road. They yeah. never stop. Yeah. And I don't just, you know, come on. Uh, where, what about new music? Well, nobody wants to hear new music. Well, I do. Yeah. So yeah. that's, and I just kind of went, you know, this is all just kind of stupid. This it just became, uh, let's put it this way. It just became silly. <laughs> it just, you know, I mean, I hate to say it's like it was, you know, I could say it's, it was violent and it was this and it was, you know, it was just silly. It just got silly. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you, you just mentioned Tamara, though, again. And, uh, you know, she recently, I, I, I really dig that single she just released, uh, no, Dream It of Chagall. And in fact, uh, I did a write-up and selected it as a recent Inside Music Cast pick of the day. And uh, I'm assuming you were involved in that, right? I th- didn't you sing background vocals on that I as well? Pro- no, I produced, I produced it. You produced <laughs> it? Okay. All right. It, I played all the guitars and all the keyboards. Well, Will did a little bit of keyboard, like an overdub on it later on. Yeah. I did all the keys and all the all the all the guitars on it, and got everything all up. And then we put Alan uh, Alan Hertz on drums. Okay. Alan's main drum gig is with Scott Henderson. He's a great yeah. jazz drummer. Yep. And uh, and but he's a monstrous mixer mm-hmm. and uh, mastering engineer. I mean, he's got a little studio. I, mean, I, I knew him when we had him replace Jim Preston when Jim passed away a couple uh-huh. of years ago with the Suns. So he played with the Suns. The next thing you knew, he moved down here four miles from my house. And he's got a he's got a studio, and, and I just went into his studio and and had him mix uh, Chagall, and it was so good. Tamara said, "I'm gonna get this on iTunes. This, you know, we can't leave this behind." Yeah, he's a great mixer, and he's a monstrous drummer. Just an absolute one of the one of a kind, man. Just smoking hard. Yeah, and uh, he's the kind of guy that said, "Well, if it's gonna be jazz, let's go this way. If it's gonna be rock, let's go this way." I mean, he's he's smart enough musically to 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 know what makes different kinds of music tick. So, I mean, he's it's just a fine. He's he's part of the part of the new team, the me and Tamara team. You yeah. Know? Hey, Bill, I've got one more question. You know, and if my memory is accurate, the the last solo album that you released was was back in two thousand eight, titled "No Place Left to Fall." And uh, have you given any thought to producing a, another solo project anytime soon? Well, you know, people people a lot of people have been asking, like, you know, I'm kind of worn that one out, and it's a really good album, and it's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of held me up for a good little while. The uh, I just kind of I, I you know when I do a record, I work like a dog on it, and I drop everything else, and I just do that, and yeah. I, you know, and and that one was done so great, it was just so so cool. 
I, I don't want to do it any different than that. And I'm going, and why would I want to make an album? Why would anybody want to make an album right now? I mean, we could, we could, we could take a 45 minute run into the, the, the state of the music business right now. But <laughs> we, we've been there. Yeah. We've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, plenty of music out there, but you know, you know, there's this kind of that thing of like, you know, and if, if you got iTunes, people just buy one song. Very rarely do people yeah. download a whole album. Yeah, you're true. And I make albums. So, I mean, I'm, I've, you know, I've, I've kind of, and I haven't hardly even sung lead on anything. I just, just lately I've sung a couple things on lead and I've just gone, oh, wait a minute, that sounds pretty good. I can kind of do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, believe me, I'm, I'm thinking about it just, just for the sake of doing it, just for the music, but where do you sell it who do you, you right. know who, who you know all of that whole that that thing come to play every time i think about doing a record i'm going, going oh now what you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well guys let's take one more break and there's another track that eddie and i want to play um it's a track called nightfly nothing to do with donald fagan <laughs> but this is a track from our guest today peter freestead and bill champlin and of course total vocalist joseph williams from the new album cwf on inside music cast
Well, Peter, before we say goodbye, uh, Peter, can you tell me um, to let uh, let our audience know where you can purchase the new CWF album? And uh, we know it's on iTunes, but can they? Uh, where else can they get the CD or or even the vinyl if that's going to be available? I'm not sure it's going to be a vinyl actually, but uh, the CD is available pretty much on every Amazon retailer in the whole world now, and okay. I think it's available through through iTunes, as you said, and and uh, NEH Records in the U.S. Um, Great, and and for 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 European fans, it's it's or friends, it's available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're just right now working on the Japan release, and and Bill and Brandon Russell just wrote a amazing song that that we're mixing right now. I, I just wow. sent Bill a, an update on the mix tonight here, and and um, it's such a cool song. It's like a Turn your love, turn your love around, kind of uh, vibe to it. And, cool. And, uh, and uh, wow. that's going to make yeah. the album's going to be. You know, it's a bonus track for the Japanese version, but the album's going to uh, it's going to put a whole other side on the album. There's the the one thing that isn't on here is just funky and jazzy at the same time. So it's kind of kind of a oh, cool, cool thing. Cool. Not not funky, but just grooving, deep deep pocket. Yeah. 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 Well, well, when you talk to Brenda, please, I've I've been corresponding with her and. Uh, Tell her that inside Eddie and Rick really need to talk to her, uh, get her on the show. We've been trying to get her on for the past couple of years. You know, I've I've known Brenda for probably since I first moved to L.A. I've just known her for years. She's so good. I've always been the giant fan of hers, but I finally, me and Brenda and Paul Paris, yeah. a drummer friend of mine, Paul actually put the date together and we finally wrote something together and it was like, what happened here? We did a duet together on a Tom Scott record. It was a single. Um, yeah. On, on GRP years ago. And the song was actually a song that Tamara and Bruce Geich had written. Look at uh, if You're Not the One for Me. It was a beautiful record, man. Yeah, it was awesome. It's a killer tune, yeah. And yeah, and Brenda just tore it up. And you know, I just kind of, you know, you know how you, you, you love people, but you kind of travel in different circles, and that's just the way it is, you know? And uh, and I'd never actually worked with her. I mean, when we were writing, we kind of left Paul in the dust. It's like, well, Paul, <laughs> hang on. We got an idea here that's going to go somewhere. The song's called Lavender Moon, and it's just, it's just, Brenda and I was just, you know, we were just being as artistic as we could possibly be. Yeah. And uh, and I just sent basically the demo I sent to Peter, and he just said, well, you know, I, I'm, he's going to probably fix it up a little bit. I mean, I would hope he would anyway. And uh, <laughs> but it, it, the thing groove like it's really really infectious. It's just a great groove. It's probably the first thing I did when I went up to uh, Pro Tools Eleven. I went, well, I'm gonna try putting this song on it, and then we stacked up the vocals and. Uh, it's 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 a cool thing. You're gonna like it. And Brenda's great. She's actually. Uh, I just got a note from her a little while back. She's actually going to. Uh, uh, she's. They're gonna put uh, uh, color purple back on Broadway, and she wrote all the music for it. Oh wow! Very very, very cool. cool. Tell her hi for us. Shall do. Well, hey Peter, Bill, thanks so much for all the time. I know Peter over there. It's uh, after midnight, and uh, and Bill, you're That's just getting fine. ready. You're probably getting ready for dinner soon. So <laughs> we're all over the Peter, place here. It's getting late enough where Peter's got to get his teeth in a jar and get to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, thanks so much, and uh, uh, we'll keep in touch, and maybe we can do this again sometime. Thank you, guys. All righty, right, we'll see you later. Talk soon. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Peter Freestet and Bill Champlin for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Mikhail Ingstrom, Loretta Sassaman, Scott Sheriff, Don Brightup, and Mats Unilund for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. 
For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside Music Cast. What has happened to this world? People fighting everywhere. Love so strong that once was there Seemed like nobody cares And we got to get back to the place in the stars that we got